What's up, guys? This is episode number 47 with the mental skills coordinator, peak performance, and mental toughness coach, Diamond Hall. Diamond is currently employed at Wright State University, where he is full-time with their baseball team. Um, In this episode, he kind of gives you guys some tips of what he does with his guys on a day-to-day basis. The mental game is huge, right? Baseball is 90% mental, so why wouldn't we focus a lot on the mental game? So I think that you guys need to really pay attention to this episode and take notes. Um, Listen to what Diamond has to say because it can really take your game to that next level. If you haven't already, please head on over to iTunes after this and rate and leave a review. That would be awesome. It would help out a ton. I'd really appreciate it. So without further ado, here's Diamond Hall. Welcome to Patrick Jones Baseball. My name is Patrick Jones, former professional baseball player and host of this podcast. My day job is a podcaster and my night job is a baseball instructor. Please email me at jonesbaseballtraining at gmail.com if you're interested in getting hitting lessons from me. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and let's get to work. We are now joined by Diamond Hall. Diamond is the mental skills development coordinator at Wright State University. Diamond, thanks for coming on today. Appreciate you having me, Patrick. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. So how did you get into the mental side of baseball? You are the mental game development coordinator at Wright State. How did this all happen? Well, it started in, uh, started in high school when I started playing baseball. You know, I realized that the mental side of the game was something that was extremely important, you know, uh, to success as a baseball player. You know, you, everybody's heard the, the quote, the game is 90% mental. Uh, 10% physical. And at the end of the day, you know, after playing for a while, that, you know, I realized that was true. So, you know, first book I read was Heads Up Baseball. And then from there, it was just another book, another book, another book. And I just was so um, <clears throat> indulged in the mental game that, I mean, it took my career to the next level. And for me, studying the mental game like I did and applying it while I was playing, and I was able to impact my teammates' lives in a positive way, too. Um, you know, when I went to play summer ball, where I was at, when I was at Grambling State, when I was at Manjuco, um, you know, I gave all that information to my teammates and watched their careers excel too. So was it just you, you doing a bunch of research on your own and that helped you get to become um, someone really strong in the mental game? Yeah, man, it really started with, it was self-educating myself. Um, you know, I got my, I got my degree in psychology I got a second degree in sociology, and I'm currently um, in a master's program for sports psychology. But at the end of the day, you know, the, 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 the most impactful and important pieces of information that I've ever learned have come from um, <clears throat> self-education, man. Did you ever want to continue playing after college? Was that a dream of yours? Absolutely. You know, it was, uh, when I started playing baseball, and that was my goal was to become the best player I could possibly be and with the tools that I had. You know, I was a five-tool player. You know, I knew I could make it um, to the next level if I did everything right. But, you know, how baseball is, it doesn't always plan out and pan out the way you want it to. But that was definitely um, my top goal was to get to the MLB. You know, not just to play pro ball, not just to get drafted, but to get all the way to the top. And so how did how did that happen? You you so you you realized, you know, you weren't gonna have the opportunity, like you said, there's a lot of a lot more things that go into playing at the next level than just if you're good enough or not. How did you get 
connected with Wright State and become their mental game development coordinator? Uh, so, you know, every every Sunday, um, every second Sunday of every month, you know, I reach out to a list of people and, and just thank them for how it impacted my life. And uh, Coach Mercer was one of those people uh, that, I, that I reached out to at the beginning of the summer. Um, and I just thanked him for everything he had done for me you know, trying to get me to come on at WKU when he was the recruiting coordinator there. Um, and, you know, from that conversation, I kind of told him where I was with my career, what I was doing, what I was interested in. And, you know, I didn't realize how big he was into the mental side of the game. So, um, you know, over a course of a few, few conversations, a few in-person um, meetings, we, you know, we decided to come up with this position and create this position and be the, become the pioneers of, uh, of this position in NCAA Division One baseball in the history of the game, so it was a it was a pretty interesting blessing, so to say. So, what do you normally do, like as a mental game coordinator at Rice State? I mean, is it every single day you're talking to you know group of guys or individual guys, or like how do you go about that? So, the the way we did it this year at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, I started off with individual meetings with each guy, you know, getting their goals down, getting the things that they wanted to get better at, uh, figuring out the, the weaknesses that they had. Um, and then from there, we went to group sessions with the pitchers and the hitters, just talking different different topics and different concepts on the mental side of the game. Um, and then now during the season, it's, you know, once a week we're doing a mental game meeting one with the pitchers, one with the hitters, and then I'm also in the dugout with the guys. I'm at practice. I'm everywhere. So they always have the opportunity to, to pick my brain on any side of uh, the mental game that they want to, um, which, you know, I feel like is they, they've done a great job of, of utilizing me this year for sure. And, um, you know, I'm happy to be a part of something like this. So what do you tell a player if they're struggling at the plate, uh, confidence issues, I've had them, everyone's had them, um, what's your advice to one of your players or just players in general when they're struggling at the plate with confidence? Well, it depends on the, it depends on the certain, the certain guy. Um, that's, that's another part of my role is being able to um, build in relationships with each guy and knowing how he takes in information and knowing the things that, um, that click with him and then knowing him as a player, knowing him as a person. So it really depends on the individual. I can't tell you like, one thing across the board that everybody can work on because it, it, it boils down to who you are and what clicks best for you. Um, hopefully that makes sense. If you could give me a, another scenario, like a, like a more detailed scenario, I can tell you. I would tell you guys for sure. So, yeah. Um, so, well, here's a scenario. I'll <laughs> so I played independent sure. baseball and um, sure. I had my, my manager, my very first year was, he was, he was a bit crazy. I love him to death off the field, but on the field, he he had a little trouble controlling himself. And I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I, I it, it if I was going good as a, as a hitter and I was hitting well, I had high confidence. Um, I wasn't thinking about much in the box. But once I started struggling, I started uh, trying out every every little thing that everyone was telling me. Um, he would be down in the third base box, you know yelling at me, getting my foot down, getting my foot down. So I'm up at the box. All I'm thinking about is getting right. my front foot front foot down, and 92 goes by, and, and now I go from an 0 for 7 slump to an 0 for 25 slump. 
Right. So what, right. I mean, what should I do? What should I have, you know, what should I have done? Or what should, if that scenario happens again, what should I do? So I see a few things going on with this scenario, right? So in the box of the hitter, there's only one thing you want to be focused on. And that's seeing the baseball, period of the story. If you're focused on seeing the baseball and getting your foot down early, and you're focusing on something else, that, that means your attention is divided. We want to have our attention fully focused on the present moment and seeing the baseball because, you know, if you can't see the baseball as well as possible, then how are you going to be able to hit? You see what I mean? So it's like it's like if I asked you right now to to read out of a book and at the same time listen to what I'm saying. Like, you can't do that because your attention is divided. You have to focus on one thing to fully lock in on it and do it to the best of your ability, if that makes sense. No, it definitely does. Um, how often do you come across guys who come up to you and, I guess, struggle with that type of confidence at the plate? Or is that, or have you kind of addressed that already on your team? Yeah, we, I addressed those things from the very beginning. That way, um, from that point on, you know, if guys were, were facing those kind of issues, they would either be able to come and say something to me or they would already know kind of the solution and what was going on. Um, and that's, that's another, that's another, um, advantage of, of me being on staff is I was able to touch on these things from the very beginning, the things that I know as a hitter or as a pitcher that, you know, usually go on in their mind. So I was able to touch on those kind of things. So you don't ever want your guys ever thinking about mechanics when they're in the box. I mean, some guys, they do some guys, they don't. Most of the time, if you think across the board with hitters, usually, the best hitters aren't thinking about their mechanics in the box. You listen to any of the best players in the MLB, any of the best hitters, they're not thinking about mechanics in the box. Now, when you step outside of the box, that's okay to be thinking about, okay, did I do this, did I do that? But once you step in that box, that's your box of focus. That's when you want to be fully locked into the present moment and seeing the baseball. What about from a def- defensive side where a guy makes a couple errors? Now he's thinking about it overthrows a first baseman you can clearly tell he's he's aiming the ball he's not really throwing it across the diamond is it the same concept where just focus on it, the next thing or i mean how do you how do you get a guy out of that type of a slump yeah that's that's uh that comes from the preparation beforehand so that comes from me drilling the mentality of you know that next pitch mentality that one pitch at a time mentality and um our coaching staff has done a great job of of um of backing that up as well every time they say anything um you know being able to to make a mistake and then lock back in immediately into the next pitch because otherwise you're going to let it roll over to the next one and then you do have guys that you know end up thinking about that last mistake that they made and then letting it carry over to the next one but that's one of the things that i mean even in life you can't control the things that happened in the past all you can control is is, is what's in front of you right now clearly right state and like you said, your coaches have bought in. They obviously brought you on board. Um, but what if a coach isn't really, I wouldn't say into that stuff, but he is yelling at you when you're up in the box or, or you know, screaming when you make an error. And so you're, you can't help but think about it um, the next time the ball's hit to you or the next pitch. What do you tell a guy like that? I mean, if, he's, if his coach is always getting on him, um, you know, and I, like I said, I don't know if you've ever played with for coaches like that, but I kind of gave a Absolutely. scenario. But I mean, what, like, how do you get out of that? You have to be able to have the discipline to, <laughs> to literally not listen. 
And that sounds terrible because that's your coach, but at the same time, you know what helps you and you know what hurts you as a player. So if you know that your coach down at third base yelling at you after you make a mistake, if you know that hurts you, you have to be able to address that in your mind and then, you know, come up with a solution for it, you know, when it does happen again. All right, as soon as he starts talking, like, I'm going to, I'm going to immediately start thinking about this or I'm just going to go blah, blah. You, you know what I mean? Like you have to come up with different and creative ways in order to be able to block those kind of things out. Because, you know, if you want to get to the next level, you know, say I'm talking to a high school guy, if you want to get to the next level, then you got to be ready to play in front of 5,000 people in front of heckling fans that are, that are not going to care about, about you at all. They're going to look up your, they're going to look up your, your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter, your family. They're going to say all kinds of things while you're playing, while you're in the box, you know? So you have to be able to tune those things out and have tunnel vision on the task at hand. Do you think that meditation and, and things like that would help? Oh, absolutely. That definitely helps because what meditation does is, is it allows you to become aware of your thoughts, negative or positive, or the things that the noises and, and sounds that are around you, but just let those pass through. So it, that allows you to be fully locked into the present moment. And when you practice meditation, when you practice mindfulness, you're practicing being in the present moment, which is what we want to be able to do when it comes to game time. We want to be, be able to stay fully locked into the present moment in order to execute the task at hand. What's been one of the surprises for you at your job this year? Has anything kind of thrown you off or, or I don't know, like something maybe you didn't expect happening? Um, for maybe players talking to you or asking you these questions, or has it been pretty smooth so far? It's been pretty, uh, you know, I'm blessed to say it's been pretty smooth so far. It's been very smooth so far because um, because immediately off the back, our coaching staff bought in, uh, the players bought in, so it hasn't been anything um, out of the normal, I would say, that, that went on. So let's talk a little bit about pitchers. They're, they're kind of a different animal, uh, no offense, but yeah. – how do you get pitchers? <laughs> how do you get pitchers? <laughs> if like you've seen pitchers with with the yips, um, I've seen pitchers. They can throw strikes, and then if a ball's hit to them, they don't know what to do, and they'll just throw it, you know, in the eighth row. Um, how do you deal with pitchers? Um, so I haven't come across anybody with the yips, but if I did, it would be a matter of us trying different things. And I would have to do more research on that too, because that's not an area that I, that I specialize in. So, but you know, as far as the errors and, and guys getting, you know, nervous, it, it's just a matter of building that confidence and your confidence comes from your preparation. So it's a matter of getting reps, reps, reps over and over and over again until you feel comfortable doing it. And then at the same time, you know, adding, adding pressure in some way, shape or form whether it's loud music, whether it's, you know, different distractions, adding something to where it's not just practice because it's the toughest thing to do is, is, is to simulate a game in practice. That's the toughest thing to do. So you have to be able to be, again, creative and add different elements of surprise in order to be able to execute that task at hand with, you know, pressure on yourself. So, so here's what we got. We got preparation. That's going to help. We got simulating game scenarios, um, meditation, um, and visualization any, too as well. What anything else that would help um, players out there? Because there's a lot of high school players listening to this, hoping to get recruited or currently getting recruited. Um, so you know they have college coaches coming and watching them play. 
on yeah. a regular basis or they're hoping to. Um, anything else, any other tips for them to help zone that out and just focus on playing the game? Visualization. That's probably one of the biggest things that uh, it's kind of like a cheat code, so to say, because you can visualize, um, you know, taking perfect reps in your mind. And research has shown that um, that when you visualize, your muscles actually fire as, as if they were actually doing the thing that you were visualizing. So becoming familiar with visualization and implementing that, you know, two to three times a day, because that's, that's something that is, that is extremely underrated when it comes to uh, preparation of baseball or in any sport. Are you doing that on deck or when are you doing the visual is it before the game? So you can, I mean, visualization is something where you can do it on deck. You can do it between every single pitch. I mean, it's just a matter of how well you get, uh, of how good you get at visualizing. And you can even do it before. You can do it after. It's it's something that, you know, whenever you do it, it's it's going to help you in some way, shape, or form. Visualization and any of these things that we're talking about, they can't hurt you. They can only help, especially when you're doing them on a consistent basis. You're going to train your mind to do the things that you want them to do that's why it's called that's why it's called mental conditioning love it makes perfect sense to me what's what's your goal for the rest of your career as a mental coach do you have do you want to work for an mlb organization one day what what do you see for yourself you know i have a few goals on the on the whiteboard right now but um with with mental with mental conditioning you know i could see myself um, continuing to stay in, in Division One baseball, I can see myself in pro ball. Um, I can see myself, you know, running my own running my own business at a very high level. I can even see myself being a head coach one day. So it's really just a matter of, you know, <laughs> just like I tell our guys, just like we talked about, taking it one day at a time. I got to take it one day at a time and execute and maximize on every moment that I have with our guys here at Wright State and kind of let everything else take care of itself. The sky's the limit, right? Absolutely. Diamond, I really appreciate you taking the time today. You guys make sure to go follow him on Twitter at Diamond Hall and then check him out on his website, diamondperformance.com. Diamond, again, man, really appreciate it. And I'm going to try and come watch you guys play against uh, my uh, Xavier Musketeers sometime this year. I think you guys play them, right? Yeah, we do. Sounds good, man. I hope to see you there. Awesome, mate. Really appreciate it, man. All right. Thanks for having me, big man.